This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. Good evening and welcome everyone. I'm Michelle Barber and you are listening to Stand Up Straight where we aim to provide a vehicle for the allied supporters to stand up for our GLBTI community to encourage and create greater inclusion, share stories, give advice, create dialogue or introduce a new way of thinking and most importantly to facilitate change towards greater acceptance of our rainbow family in all its shapes and sizes. Thank you for a great afternoon uh, with Chris and Cam and uh, Emma for reading the news this, e- this afternoon and also to the t- informer team that uh, we just uh, listened to. Um, there's um, uh, a sadness in our studio. There's a sadness around the world at the moment. So um, tonight's show is a little bit of a, well, is definitely a focus on um, the events um, in Orlando, Florida this week. They've impacted on many people's lives in ways most could not possibly have comprehended. Love in abundance has been expressed across the globe and even on the other side of the world here in Australia, we've been moved in perhaps and perhaps even feel helpless. So tonight on Stand Up Straight, we'll try to explore our emotions and our reactions and look at ways as allies that we could be part of that recovery process. So it's really, um, it feels quite important tonight that I've got the whole team in here this evening and as these horrid offence have no doubt moved us all in probably many different ways, uh, maybe perhaps um, some similarities. We've also, uh, in our conversation tonight, we're also going to be joined by Dr Vincent Connolly, so he's perhaps going to be um, our professional in, uh, in the discussion tonight. So I'd like to welcome Clayton across the desk, also making us sound very sweet. And, uh, good evening. And uh, Stephanie. Hi, Michelle. Good evening. And Beck. Hi. And Vincent. Hey, Michelle. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. So um, I, I, would Im- I, I can't imagine what people are experiencing, and I can only um, speak from my own 
my own reaction was something that I can't explain. I can't explain why I was so disturbed by what I saw. I can't explain why I was so sad and I can only get to the fact that I feel for the first time in my life that this is my community that's been attacked and that's the only way. The fact that I have a gay son is what connects me to the GLBTI community and I feel that it's a personal attack on my big, big extended family. So that's the only way I've tried to get to a point that I could express it and put it into simple terms and that's the only thing I keep coming back to. It's my family that's been attacked, my GLBTI family. Well, for me, it has taken me back to the early 80s when I had... uh had gay friends and I was a teenager and two times when we were out and about and, you know, friends were verbally harassed and physically harassed. And, you know, I've thought for some years now that we've come so far and, um, you know, despite the fact that we don't have marriage equality in in this country, you know, there's marriage equality in a lot of other countries and I felt that we had become kinder as a society. And when something like this happens, it, you know, it just, um, yeah. Yeah, I think I said to you Michelle before it I just can't comprehend it. You know, mm. you think there's that many people and and all those sorts of things and I think to talk about all those things that on this show and and all of us at Joy stand for all those things you talk about in your introduction and standing up for for mm. the GLBTI community it was such a tragic pointed attack on all of that and I think for me it actually um made me realize that I was a stronger ally than even probably I thought I was when I re- you know, given the reaction that that mm. I had to it, I I, um, I didn't. I had maybe it's just the mothering in me. I don't know, but I wanted to ring every gay person that I knew, but I didn't know what I would say to them. But I just felt that I had to ring and say, you know, I love you. I'm thinking of you, whatever. And like, there's no, um, there's no right way to react. But sometimes it's just the feelings that you have. And you can't put that into words. It's really difficult. Well, the event was tragic for everybody, um, certainly for the gay community, but also the allies and the parents of those gay kids in that club are going to are massively affected by this. Mm. And there's going to be kids in that club whose parents didn't know they were queer mm. and actually have found out through this event as well. So there's a whole lot of different issues for allies as well as the queer community. Mm. So, yeah, I'm, it's definitely a very moving thing. And that's where I put my funeral celebrant hat on and... You know, for me, it's always about the families and um, there's been a lot of noise around what's happened and I I feel, you know, families probably... Well, I know families need space and they need a bit of silence um, so they can grieve. But there's one really interesting thing that I read um, and I know that it it has deeply affected the the gay community but also the Latino community Mm. and, you know... The average Latino salary in Florida is $21,000 a year. So for me, I think, you know, how do these people cover funeral arrangements? You know, Mm. what happens? And for me, it is, it's all about the family and, you know, how they they try to move forward at a time when there is so much politicising and so much, you know, noise around, around what is just an incredibly tragic um, and there, there, there may be things that we, we chat about this evening that um, raise issues. And if, if anybody does need to speak to anyone, there's Lifeline on 13 11 14, Beyond Blue, which is 1300 224 636, and also Q Life, which is 
1-800-184-527. If you don't know uh, those numbers or you can't write them down, you can always ring Joy and we've got a fabulous list of um, contacts of people that you can uh, that you can speak to. So um, we just maybe tonight is just a little bit about airing what we're feeling. Can I... In fact, actually, there was a, the vigil that was on in uh, Federation Square, and I believe you went, Stephanie. I attended, yeah. I, I, I stopped there on my way into Joy this evening, and it was a, a fairly powerful experience. There were a lot, a lot of people there. Um, Ro Allen, of course, spoke magnificently, as yeah. she always does. And the vigil was concluded with a choir and I thought it was low res but it was actually a combination of low res and another choir and I'll have to find out um, during the break who the other choir was but they sang a rendition of Over the Rainbow which was so moving. And uh, that is a perfect way for us to introduce the um, song that we're going to be playing in this hour. We believe we've got that um, to listen to shortly. I'm going to go for a short break. You are listening to Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. Be an ally. Talk it out. Educate yourself. Stand up straight on Joy 94.9. You have uh, with you tonight Michelle, Clayton, Stephanie, Beck and Vincent. And uh, we're having a little bit of a chat discussion, whatever else you want to call it, about um, how the events in Orlando have affected us. Um, if you wanted to share anything with us, we would love to hear from you. Uh, if you want to keep anonymous, of course, we would also respect your wishes as well. Um, even if whatever you want to say and, and would like to um, share with us, we'd love to hear from you. 0427 JOY 949 or you can send us an email on air at joy.org.au. And Mushan's on the front desk if you want to call through, one three hundred JOY 949. That's correct. Um, we have two lovely gay men in the studio. So my question to you both is, can you remember what your very first, either your reaction or your thought or when you first heard what you heard? Yeah, well, I, thanks, Michelle. I um, I probably found out the same way that most people find out. I just had the telly on. Mm. Um, I was doing some stuff around the house and saw what happened. Um, and it was, to me, and it's probably the same for a lot of people who... Um, saw what they saw but to me it was a very confusing set of very strong emotions i mean i was obviously totally disgusted by what happened and that disgust was a really strong emotion um um and but that was mixed with this sadness that about all these young people being lost in particular when they started um counting up the number of people that had been lost and now how old they were this is before they um knew many details about these people but they were all young they're all Mm. You know, late teens, early twenties, thirties. Mm. These are all people who are in the prime of their life, and they've got a whole future ahead of them. And they're obviously celebrating their identity. They're out there in a gay nightclub. They, they've, maybe not all of them, but a, a large proportion of them would have come out and would have um, been proud to be LGBTI people. Mm. And um, they were just senselessly mowed down by this, um, by this well, homophobe. Um, mm. I won't even call him a person because I think that's giving him too much credit. Um, so there was this mix of sadness and anger and disgust and, um, yeah, I, I cried. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's strange when you're crying over the loss of people you've never met. But it's it just somehow, as you were saying before, it, it really hit home and it was it was kind of like part of our community um, was attacked, even though it's over in the United States and it's you know, half a world away from us. And 
I've never met these people. It, it felt really personal, which um, that was it, odd. Exactly how I felt. It was my family being attacked. Attacked. I found out through Facebook. Uh, it was just scrolling through. I have quite a lot of queer media in my Facebook, and that's where it came up first was uh, through those means. And it just, I didn't understand at first. It took me a while to even sort of put it all together. And, of course, naturally I assumed that it was a homophobic attack, which um, it does seem to be in the light of all we have now. And I just felt lost. I didn't even know how to feel because it is such an attack on our community, which is so vulnerable anyway. And then following that, you have all the people who then follow that back with more hate on top of hate, whether mm. it's to um, homosexuals saying being pleased with what happened, which did some people did have, and also just the attacks on the Islamic community because of that as well mm. was, was devastating just because it, this wasn't an Islamic attack at all in any way, shape or form. And, yeah. Uh, that, it's actually a question I was going to pose. How do you react to the haters and the homophobes in this? Because it's so... F- so desperately charged with emotion. Hmm. So how do you combat it? You don't. Well, you don't. But how do you not? How do you not react? What 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 stops you from reacting? I think it's it's such a tricky question because I don't think there's you, you don't gain anything from engaging hmm. with homophobes directly. Um, at least not in this environment because it's so emotionally charged and it's it, it, you, you're not going to achieve anything. You're not. If you're engaging homophobes who are spouting homophobic attacks, or not attacks, but homophobic vitriol at the moment. Sorry, I'm, I'm very strong in my language tonight, but it's, yeah, that's, this, that's, this is what happens, mm. right? It's awful things happen and um, emotions get um, charged up. And that's exactly, I guess, my point that at the moment, engaging with people who are being vitriolic, you're not going to change their mind and all that will happen is you'll get hurt more by their vitriol. Um, I certainly think there there are times and places where we need to combat homophobia, um, but I think at this point the most important thing is to um, keep each other safe and look after each other, and just in a way kind of ignore the the crazy homophobes out there. I'd like to uh, read an email that I received from my very dear friend Nick in San Francisco, and. Um, Nick would be our North America correspondent, except the time difference is so bad. And he, and he would have done this on air for us tonight, except, as I said, the, uh, the time difference is so bad. But I'm going to read a little bit about what he has said to me because I think it's really important. Um, he says, he too, I have been taken aback at how strongly I have felt the impact of this event and how it has affected me so personally. Absorbing the news and the development since Sunday morning has been really tough. I have cried many, many times as the details emerged especially the stories of the victims, the mum of the 11 kids who died protecting her 21-year-old son, the guy who saved someone in the car park by stuffing his T-shirt in the bullet holes whilst hiding under a car and got him to the police car to get him to the hospital, the son who texted his mum just before he was slaughtered in the club's toilet, the father of the 10-year-old twins who was killed, every story filled with grief, cold-blooded violence just because of who they are and where they were, I have cried with Anderson Cooper as he read all 49 names, refusing to name the criminal who did this. And I've cried looking at the faces of the victims as they have been published. So many in their early 20s, as you were saying before, Vincent, young, out for a fun night in a safe place, dancing and celebrating with friends, family and loved ones, violated by this miscreant's hate. It felt very personal and close to home. 
I woke up really early Sunday and started to read the online news. I tend to read New York Times, Washington Post, Politico and San Francisco Chronicle um, to get the newest US news, especially with the fascinating presidential campaign underway. The first reports were posted. The New York Times was saying 20 dead in a bar in Orlando, as were the others. It seems just like another tragedy in a country where these things have become such a regular tragedy. The nation is somewhat numb to these now. Then I went to the BBC... They were reporting what the US news feeds at the time of day were not. It was a gay club. I was horrified. The Guardian said it was a gay club. The Sydney Morning Herald said it was a gay club. (laughs) And yet the relatively liberal US press did not do that for at least another hour, by which time the siege was over and the bodies were being counted. An hour later, the New York Times updated the body count to 50 and included the salient facts about it being a gay club. By that point, I was pretty angry and shocked trying to process it all. So that's, you know, interesting in itself that, you know, they were... that the, the US News originally didn't report it as a gay club. What would, is there a benefit to that, being reported that way? Well, I don't know. I think we can agree and disagree on this. Um, I... I think I did, my fear is that being it, it being reported that way is a form of erasure. It's a form of um, minimising the fact that this is a, a gay hate crime. But um, uh, Clayton, I know you, you, you mentioned another <laughs> thought on this earlier. Yeah, and it's not actually that I disagree with that whatsoever. I think that is a really, really valid point. But I, th- I, from my point of view, I think it was good that we had some time to process what was happening before the mainstream media picked up the fact it was a gay club as well because I think people needed to realise the extent of it before they focused on the um, the hate part of it. And that made people realise that, well, I'm not going to give out my gay um, homophobia stuff now because this is just so bad. I think, um, Steph, of all the things in that letter, the few little words that got me the most were saying it happened just for them being who they are. Yeah. And I think that's the bit I find the most confronting in distressing is it it actually is that people were that happened just for people being who they are yeah anyway i'll continue because it goes on the castro that morning and he's in san francisco obviously was very quiet people had started to place flowers on the corner of 18th and castro a place known as hibernian beach which for many years had been a kind of informal community shrine where people were unmemorialised. In the 80s and 90s, it was where people remembered friends and lovers who died from AIDS. And now most weeks there is one or two people remembered their drag queens, DJs or just locals who have passed away. By mid-morning, Cleve Jones, who was Harvey Milk's speechwriter and, st- and chief of staff, had posted on Facebook that we would have a vigil on Sunday evening to respond as a community. Piers and I went along and there was a dozen or so speakers, politicians, community leaders, the sisters, representatives from the Hispanic, Latino, LGBT groups, Muslim activists, etc. It was a big crowd, consumed by sadness, and I think at that stage, numb by shock. There was very little rage. For all of us, I think that is yet to come. We stayed for a couple of hours. These are the times when we need to bond as a community. It was all very close to home. Since then, I've experienced a lot of emotions, most of it grief. There will be an event on Saturday that starts at the Castro and marches to the mission to show solidarity with the LGBT, Latino and Hispanic communities. We will go along. And then we have annual Pride March the week after. I wasn't planning to attend, thinking of heading to LA, but now I think I will. We need to show we are not afraid and we are strong. We need to defy these bastards and show how bloody strong and resilient we are. And we need to support each other. 
we will do what we have done for years. We will look after ourselves and get hu a huge amount of support from our allies and we will recover. This, um, to just remind people, this is a, a dear um, friend of yours yes. that you've known for many years. Yeah. It's now living... In San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, Nick's, you know, my age. He's been a part of the, the um, community for years. He was co-chair of Mardi Gras. He was on the, you know, Mardi Gras committee for many years. A very, very active um, member of the community in Australia and now living in San Francisco and obviously, you know, very much part of the community there too, so... Why do events like this unite people do you think i was i was thinking when you were talking steph that you know say say what people like about social media but i think the beauty of it is that that public grief and public coming together is is much easier more easily achieved now yeah. all these vigils and all those sorts of things that people have been able to come to to get strength and comfort from everyone else can happen a lot quicker and i i think there's a real culture now of public grief for want of a better word when things happen and I think it's really a positive thing that can bring people in a big group that really they can feel supported and I think also that you know the community that are affected by it can see that people are gathering in these numbers to support them too. Yes mm. and there is also you know and, and you can hear it in, in an undertone in Nick's words there's that that um, air of defiance to we will not mm. you know we will not mm. be beaten we are a community we are strong we will stand together. Yeah, and I think the LGBTR community has a very long history of supporting itself, uh, supporting people supporting each other. Um, and obviously that was very evident during the um, years of the HIV and AIDS crisis. Um, and it's probably been a bit less evident in recent years because things have generally been going pretty well. Mm. But, you know, when events like this happen, that, that spirit very quickly comes back up again. Um, and I think partly... It's partly because people identify as part of this community and a lot of people in the LGBTI community come from difficult family backgrounds and may not have had the support from their biological family mm. um, and they've sought an alternative family in, in, in growing up and in, in becoming the, the people who they are and that alternative family is the extended LGBTI community. So I think people do are really in, invested in the LGBTI community and, and feel that bond. And I think with these vigils and whether it's a, a gathering of a few people or not, or however many, it's sometimes we don't know what to do and the only way to do something is to be seen to be, and I don't mean that in a flippant way, it's to be, you know, putting one foot in front of the other and being seen to be supportive because we don't know, we can't take someone's grief or hate or, or, or harm or pain away, but it's sh just by standing up in a place that everyone knows you're there because you support the community, that means you're helping. Well, you it think. was interesting tonight. There was a, a moment at the vigil where, and I, I, don't, I couldn't see who was speaking because I'm so small, you know, and there were lots of big people around me, but they said, turn around and hug someone near you. And I was there on my own and I was surrounded by men and they just all grabbed me in this big group hug and all of a sudden oh. I'm in this group hug with these, you know, people I don't... And I just thought, you know, that is great. That is beautiful. We are all so close and we're just, you know... Hugging each other and it was quite this special. is where any community, sometimes this is when we show our true colours and these are our rainbow colours that are um, being shown. We've had um, a message come in. Uh, if you want to send us a message, uh, 0427 JOY 949 or send us an email on air at joy.org.au and you can also call Mushin on the desk. One three hundred joy nine four nine. We've had a message in from Graham. Do you stand up straight, presented? I 
presenters. I really appreciate all your work and especially for such a tragic event. I wish I could offer some words of support or comfort that would be of help. One thing that troubles me is that gays and lesbians are being executed in almost a daily basis in Islamic countries as a product of barbaric legal system in front of a cheering crowd. Do you think we will ever have a time when we can acknowledge this and demand, not ask, for change? And that's um, from Graham. And just on that, look, certainly those are major issues in the world. And this is a, is a bit of a separate issue. Um, and it's not the time to focus on the Islamic attacks. It certainly is any time to focus on that, I should say. I've just posted on the Stand Up Straight Facebook page a letter from Joy's own James Finlay um, to... Not a letter, sorry, an article from Joy's own James Finlay to samesame.com, uh, which is called Now Is Not The Time For Hate... For a uh, Time For More Hatred. And it's a really good reflection on how we should be feeling at the moment and around that. Stand Up Straight was started, the tiny seed of a, an idea was about being an ally. Mm. And that's what this program is about. And we don't, I certainly will never ever promote a particular political view ever. Um, and there will be people that have a multitude of views, but they will not be represented on this show. And that's not what this show is about. That's not what tonight is about. And it's about how we can support the GLBTI community. Uh, you are with Michelle Clayton, Stephanie Beck and Vincent on Stand Up Straight. When all the world is a hopeless jungle and the raindrops tumble all around. Heaven opens a magic
Adelaide and you're listening to my mum, Stephanie and Michelle on Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. It is Stephanie and Michelle, we've got Rebecca, we've got Clayton and we've got Vincent in the studio tonight as well. Thank you for join us, joining us. We are talking a little bit about Orlando tonight and that amazing recording was apparently every gay choir in Melbourne <laughs> singing Over the Rainbow and uh, that was recorded live by our wonderful Jason here from Joy who was down there um, amongst the hundreds and hundreds of people who were there this evening for the vigil for for Orlando. It was an incredibly moving um it was an incredibly moving hour down there and um, that song, they they sang it once and then they sang it again and we all sang along it was, <laughs> and it was really, you know, it was really powerful and there were a lot of tears shed. So um, thank you, Jason, for bringing that recording back to us. That was, it was great to hear and... Um, We've, um, one of the things I think... I, with events that happen like this or similar or whatever, I'm wondering what kids think what they might see on television and I'm just wondering I know Clayton is a, a primary school teacher and I'm wondering if any of the kids had talked to you or had been discussed this week at all and how do you as a as a gay man you have a reaction as a teacher you have a reaction and a responsibility so is there conflict or what happened uh, absolutely um no sorry no there is no conflict I'm not going to say that they the two are not mutually exclusive mm. I yeah but um the kids brought it up and that's my policy on any of these things yeah. is I won't bring it up but if kids bring it up, I'm going to talk about it because that's it's they obviously want have issues they want to discuss mm. around it. Uh, it came up today uh, because we were talking about people racism actually, and that moved on to this event. And the things I focused on was the fact that it was uh, that a lot of people were gay and lesbian and, tra- and part of the queer community. I didn't use the word queer because that's a bit of an issue in a primary school <laughs> to use the word queer, mm. but. Um, I went on to talk about the fact that it wasn't an Islamic attack because I do have Islamic kids in my classroom and I want to make that clear. See, there's mm-hmm. another layer that you're um, having to take mm. into consideration, yeah. isn't it? And also I want to, we also talked about the fact that, the, and the kids actually raised this themselves, that the Islamic attacks are not Islamic people, they're extremists. Wow. And so, these, are, these are, just to remind people, these are... 11, 12. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that... That's amazing. They yeah. could teach some of the adults. Couldn't they? Too, couldn't they? Yeah, absolutely. And can I... Um, is any of the reactions surprised you? Was there anything that um, you found difficult to answer? No. I Look, I, I think I've just had too many years doing this that I actually do know where to find those answers when I need to. But what... Afterwards, I... A few of the kids, not related to the conversation, just through the day... Um, had pretend gun sort of things happening. And I said, look, given what happened this week, mm. I don't like guns anymore. I'm very clear to the kids that I do not like guns at all. I think they are, are an, uh, evil. So, mm. um, And I just pointed out that, you know, given what happened this week, having even pretend guns in the classroom is just not feeling right for me. Mm. So. There was um, something I heard yesterday that really resonated with me and it was about um, how to talk to kids about these sorts of tragedies and, and it sort of helped 35-year-old me as much as it would help kids. <laughs> but um, what they said was look for the helpers and I found that a really... Um, comforting I guess way to talk to kids about it so they were saying you know this has happened and this is awful but look at the helpers so look at the people who are trying to donate blood and look at the people who are supporting the community and I I think you know it's all those things that 
is a really good way to sort of, um, I guess, process it for kids because, I mean, it's... I don't know how you process this kind of tragedy as an adult, let alone a child, but I found that look for the help is a really um, Mm. helpful thing for me. Well, is that putting a positive type of angle onto things because it's making the kids focus on what people are doing to make things better and perhaps also maybe diverting their their negative thoughts or whatever, I don't know. Mm. Is it... um, it I don't know if this is a strange kind of question. Does it help to have the negative thoughts as well as the as the positive thoughts? And Stephanie's nodding quite vigorously, and and Vincent is the doctor in the room, so he's um, he's got strong opinions, I dare say, as well. You want to go first, Vincent? Yeah, sure. Yeah, look, I think uh, you, uh, it, everyone has to go through a grief process with mm. something like this, and to one degree or another. I mean, people have affected differently by tragedies like this. And I think it's important not to push away the negative thoughts. I think they're going to come up and I think by trying to push them away, you're really not helping yourself. You just need to... I think it's important that people acknowledge that they have these thoughts and let them sit there. Um, And you don't have to process them immediately. You don't have to give them a place. You don't have to do something with them. But I think allowing them to exist whilst they're there, I think is important. Um, I think... A lot of people then also, um, as you alluded to, do experience of, uh, feelings of helplessness, as in not wanting to do something, not being sure what to do. Um, but obviously there are a lot of ways in the community that people can help, so mm. um, that can take a bit of creativity. There's, um, there's actually a, a, there was a, a, many, many things this, um, this week that I read, and there were some sort of like helpful hints, so to speak, and that sounds a bit flippant, but before I go to that, Stephanie, you had a... Oh, no, I I couldn't agree more with what Vincent said. You know, feelings need to be acknowledged. And, you know, sometimes, as you say, there's, you know, another time to to indulge those feelings, but they need to certainly be acknowledged. And sadness, tears, you know, anger, all of these things are part of of the grieving process. And, you know, I really believe that so many of society's problems are, are due to unresolved grief. So I think people need to grieve. They need time. They need space. They need to, you know... And they need platforms for it. So that's why, you know, vigils and coming together, funerals, you know, whatever it is, you know, those sort of connections, they're important. And I suppose maybe even for for some people, a place like Joy is somewhere to come. And even if they're just sitting in the, you know, around the table here and reading the... The, the the gay newspapers or whatever, maybe even just sitting around or or, or um, calling an ally or, or or for us, maybe as allies, do we have to? Is it our duty, responsibility to pick up the phone and see how our gay family members absolutely. and friends are feeling? Yep, is that absolutely. part of what our do yep. do you, th- Clayton and Vincent, do you think that, that it's something that we should do, or do you think it's is that intrusive? No, I don't think it's intrusive at all. I think. I think this time can be very confusing for people because, as I said before, when you asked how I felt after I saw what happened, was I, in a way, I felt a bit confused, not just about the feelings that I was having about it, but whether I was entitled to have those feelings because I didn't That's know any of these people. Mm. Am I entitled to feel mm. sad about the fact that fifty people were shot in Orlando? Um, is that indulgent? I don't know. It's so an interesting I, word, though, to say indulgent. Well. Yeah, but that's just me reflecting yeah. on my feelings. I'm not saying it is indulgent, but I think I think it, in that setting, I think it's important if um, for allies. And I'm not saying you have a responsibility to do this or have to do this, but I think if, as an ally, if you're going to call one of your gay friends or L- sorry LGBTI friends to talk about this, that's not going to seem intrusive, and I think mm. people would actually appreciate it. Um, 
and it will allow them to feel the feelings that they're feeling and know that that is okay, that mm. you don't have to feel that you're being indulgent about those feelings. Because that's how I felt. Is it too intrusive or is it going to stir emotions that people might not want to discuss and things like that? I have been, and I'm, for once, I'm actually hoping none of my friends are listening because I'm going to say something which is not very nice for them. Um, I was a little disappointed in a lot of my friends and my colleagues who haven't checked in on me on this issue very much. A couple have said a few wow. little things, but they... Um, there hasn't been sort of that ongoing thing and it has affected me much more than I expected. Mm. I, cause I, I usually can compartmentalize very well. Um, but I have been down this week and, um, I've been, you know, but unfortunately no one's asked me. So, oh, sorry, I have had some, a couple of texts and stuff, but in person, not really any conversations. So I don't need my friends to know that, but I actually want to do, want to mention it on air. But so. it's, but it's inter- because I, in, and this is not intended to make you feel bad, but it no. actually makes me feel bad that because it's actually quite simple to send a text or pick up the mm. phone. But um, um, Stephanie or Beck, have you felt? Have you sort of reached out to your your friends? Yeah, look, probably not as much as I should have, and I, and I guess a little bit of it is what you were saying, Vincent. Even more so that am I entitled to feel? Mm something about this because it's even I guess as a as a straight ally even more removed somewhat but I guess it's it's about that context about you know checking in with people and those sorts of things and I I guess there's no entitlement to grief it's you feel what you feel when you feel it Mm. and there's um all these cliche things but there's no right way to deal Mm. with there's no no right course of action maybe we need to sit and listen more to our gut and and our heart I think that instead of Anything else? And look, grief is such a random emotion and it is experienced mm. by everyone. It's such a personal emotion. There is no right or wrong with grief. Everyone does it their own way. And I think there is, sorry to butt in, but I think there is, there's a deeper level to this. It, I mean, it's, it's absolutely terrible that 50 people, 50 young people lost their lives in Orlando. Um, but there is a deeper level to this. And I think that's partly why we feel it so much it is this this is an expression of hate towards our community it's not some random event it's someone expressing intense hatred of us as a people and i think that's why it it just drives home the fact that in this world there are people who feel like this Mm. um and i think that's partly why um, people feel so affected by it can i ask one quick question of you both both boys do you feel more at risk because of what's happened (laughs) just about to say the same thing it's Mm. weird but yes um where was i i was at a train station today and i was actually a little bit jumpy okay um and i'm i'm never jumpy i've usually you know i've I've traveled a lot i've i've always felt to the you know the entertainment of my friends i feel inappropriately safe in most places (laughs) (laughs) And, and i'm ashamed to say this but tonight i mean i normally would have taken my daughter to a vigil or you know but tonight i just thought no I'm going to do this on my own. I, I was I was concerned for her, and I thought, you know, whatever happens to me doesn't matter. But I didn't, I, and I would never normally think that. And I was really ashamed of myself for thinking that. Don't be ashamed because I've felt the same, and I'm more worried. Um, I've thought more about my son who lives overseas at the moment. I've been more concerned about him, and then I've thought, why? You know, I, I've got friends as well, and I, sh- I should be thinking about other people. And all I was concerned about is I didn't want him to go to some place that was predominantly gay, in case, in case, in case, in case. Mm-hmm. You know, and we all. So we've all got some kind of 
vested interest, whether it's our child that's gay or it's our best friend or it's our parent or whatever it is, there's some connection to this event. And we're all expressing quite different feelings. And I think the, the longer we're on air, we're probably realising that um, although unique, there's something mm. similar about what we're all feeling. Um, we are going to go for a quick break. You're on Stand Up Straight on Joy. You're listening to Michelle on Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. She's my mum. Uh, we are in the studio with Clayton, Stephanie, Beck, Vincent and myself. We're having a chat about um, Orlando and how it's impacted on us. And I want to thank firstly and acknowledge the people that have sent messages in and to take the time. Um, I would imagine at times it's been difficult um, to write these things. So I do want to acknowledge that and, and thank you very much. We have had a message in from Stephen and he says, Hi, Stand Up Straighters. What a sad event that has gripped the world. As Vincent pointed out, the grief that we feel for strangers across the globe is a true testament of what the world really reflects. I have believed for a long time that the world is on the verge of change and through tragedy comes growth and through growth comes strength. The sad reality that the likes of the NRA and the power they yield allowed this tragedy to take place, but that's another conversation for another day. The fact that we can stand united and know that together we will not buckle to hate and narrow-minded people. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen, for that message. And um, the two old poofs, that's how they sign off. That's not my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> While we can grieve, we should... Eh, sorry, it's gone. Uh, while we can grieve, we should and should we should and we should remember. We should never forget. We should we shouldn't forget how we feel when we should not hate, as hate is an evil emotion that will hold us back, cause us fear and an emotion with such negativity. With hate, we won't grow and prosper. We have looked fear in the face during our evolution, and we will again. But with unity, we will continue to grow and prosper. Thank you. And um, this is from Betty, who is the Joy Photographer. Evening Stand Up Straight team, thank you for the talk, for talking about this important topic. We are all interconnected in some form and what has happened in, on the other side of the world has a profound effect. They are all our brothers and sisters and we are family. Attending tonight's vigil at Fed Square was emotional and, and gained strength and also helped listening to your show. Thanks, Betty, very much. And I've, we've just got another message in. I have just come back for the, from the St Paul's Cathedral service. It was delightful to be out and proud. Thank you, Florence. Um, uh, I do want to remind people that if we've discussed anything and they do need to speak to anybody, there's an amazing array of um, services that are out there. Lifeline is 131114, Beyond Blue 1300 224 and QLife 1800 184 And um, our doctor in the room... Um, probably is who we would defer to. Are there other services that you might suggest? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, people, a lot of people do it tough at the best of times. And I think these events can be um, the uh, straw that breaks the camel's back for people. Mm. And I think it's just important that if people are doing it tough right now, then um, those helplines are good. But the other options people have is go see your GP. Or if you don't have a GP, go see an LGBTI friendly general uh, practitioner somewhere. Um, or if you're under 25, um, then Headspace is a very good service mm. as well. Phenomenal service, yeah. Headspace. Um, so please don't be shy to reach out. There are services here to help and um, they're here to help you. Mm. And I think another thing to mention, I think a big theme tonight is has been people feeling like 
they want to do something and Joy is Australia's only LGBTI radio station, one of only four in the world, is offering for members of the LGBTI community and their allies to post messages, whether that's text, audio or video, to those impacted by the tragedy to the Joy Facebook page. Um, those messages will be compiled and sent to the LGBT Centre of Central Florida, who Joy's in contact with via our international current affairs program, Worldwide Wave. So um, that's just another way that people can, I guess, show their support and, and love. And uh, yeah, and I just wanted to say one more thing, and because and, there it tends to be saturation, media saturation, mm. when events like this happen, and I think it can be really overwhelming for people. Um, so if you you feel overwhelmed, and if you feel that you need to turn things off and you need to not be involved, I think that's perfectly fine. Um, don't don't be ashamed. Um, that's actually something, back. Th- and that's a great point, Vincent. There's many things that people are. Su- that, that uh, read that suggest different ways to cope. One of them is don't isolate and connect with people, and one of them is uh, limit your media consumption because you can be drowned by what you're hearing. And does that necessarily help? I don't know. Look, I also wanted to mention that we also lost allies in this as well, and I think um, I really would like to mention Brenda Lee Marquez McCall, who was there with her son and was shot saving her son's life, and. There would have been other cases where we lost allies in that situation as well. Thank you, Claire. Look, um, I want to thank everyone, as I said, for sending, taking the time to send messages in. Our love, support, our um, everything uh, that we could possibly do. I think what I, well, the thing I've learnt tonight is that I should have reached out earlier mm-hmm. and um, I should have called my friends instead of thinking, am I going to be too intrusive or am I going to upset them? I think I should have listened to my gut. I think you're shooting too much, Michelle. I think well, you're a wonderful person. Uh, that's not what I'm fishing for. But, um, but that's the th- one of the things I've taken out of tonight. So um, I'm... I just want to say that you thought about what you should do and you made a choice and there's nothing wrong with that because you've, what you did what you thought was best in that situation, which is what everybody should do. Yeah, it's true. Um, I've also had, um, had a message in from my father who said he, uh, he wanted listeners to know that Prince William has appeared on the cover of Attitude, a gay magazine in the UK. There's your ally. Oh, we're looking out for uh, that we... <laughs> Me too. And... Um, <laughs> Um, so glad my mum immigrated here instead of the USA. Thank, thanks, Mr. Howard, for having such a great gun law. It allowed us freedom. Be out and proud. Very much a hear here on that. Yes. So um, up next at 8 o'clock is uh, the Spirit Lounge and at 9 o'clock is the Woods. The music you can hear below us is the combination of high-res and all the gay choirs of Melbourne at Fed Square this evening at the vigil that we had. So um, thank you, Clayton. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Beck. Thank you, Vincent. Thank you to everyone that's listened and just love everyone. That's probably about the only thing that I can say. You've been listening to Stand Up Straight on Joy 
You're listening to a Joycast from GLB TIQ Community Radio Station, Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.